Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week, I am broadcasting live, currently, from my dining room, which is not where I usually record, but I have a special guest with me. This week, someone who had seen Age of Ultron and was ready to talk about it, my nephew, Nick Thomas. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you for letting me be here. Ah, you're more than welcome. I'm looking forward to your perspective as a high school student because, you know, I'm I'm old now, so my perspective is a little different. But as I see you wearing your Superman shirt at this point, I know you are ready, ready to talk about comic book heroes. Obviously. Obviously. Every day. (laughs) So, uh, and obviously everybody, this is my nephew's first podcast experience. So, it's kind of a little slack. (laughs) <laughs> but Nick, tell me, what you been doing recently? Played any games? Entertained by much? Movies? Obviously, you've seen Age of Ultron, we'll talk about that in length later. But what else? Well, honestly, recently I just discovered a dumb little game that came out a couple years ago that is way more entertaining than it needs to be, and uh, that's called Goat Simulator. <laughs> now, I've seen this game on Xbox, but I haven't played it yet. And I'm very tempted to because the description also includes it's full of thousands of bugs and we're leaving them in there because they're fun. Yes. Um, the entire game is just probably one giant bug. Like, There's no swimming physics. So you just bounce across the water or you'll sink sometimes. And like all the barriers, I've broken the barriers uh-huh. and just walked around as a goat everywhere <laughs> or a microwave. I don't know why you can be a microwave. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, sometimes a ghost got to be a microwave. Uh, Duty calls. I guess. Cool. Well, what else? Anything else? I don't mean, could be books that you've read? Anything else that you've... Well, I know you're not a reader, but comic books, possibly. Uh, well, uh, I haven't been reading much of comic books, but I have been keeping up with my favorite TV shows. What? So, tell me right now, your favorite TV shows, what are they? Well, as of current, Gotham... Uh, Flash, Arrow, and Daredevil. In that order? Uh, no, it's probably Flash, Gotham, Arrow, Arrow, Daredevil. So I would have to put Flash at number one, Daredevil, Gotham, and then I haven't watched Arrow for so long. But yeah, I mean, I know I need to watch Arrow because it's tied into Flash, but it's just, I'm so far behind now, I need to go back and watch the entire second season and then catch up to this season, which I don't think this season's currently... I mean, like, the last five episodes are on Hulu, but up to that point, I think we'll continue doing that. I need to wait until the whole season is on Netflix and just binge the whole thing. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. Yeah. And you've seen Age of Ultron without seeing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so you don't know the lead-in or how that all fits in, but we'll talk about that later. So, anything else that you'd like to share? Um, well, as I was watching The Flash the other day, I realized that one of the main characters, the character that plays Harrison Wells, talks like William Shatner. That's kind of true. He's always talking a little bit like that. Yeah, he'll stop in the middle of a sentence and then try to continue later. Like, there's no punctuation there. I don't know why. This is interesting, but I mean, this isn't Harrison Wells. This is Ichabod Crane. So... It's Ichabod Thon. Whatever. Ichabod Thon, Ichabod Crane, whatever. Uh, It could just be his dialect of the people of his, uh, his time. Yeah, I mean, that could also be the same with Captain Kirk. 
Ah. From the same same time frame, have to talk the same. That could be. You don't know. Yet. All will be revealed. Well, so we've kind of covered what you've been entertained by. And, you know, oh, I've been doing a lot of work around this house, honestly. That's what's been entertaining me, or should I say taking my time that I would other use to be entertained. However, I did see, obviously, the movie that we'll be discussing. But I did last... I think it was Saturday, went up to Chicago and went to C2E2 in Chicago. Now, I believe the first year I went, I took you with me. Was that was that C2E2 or was yeah. that Wizard World we went Comic Wizard Con? World. Okay. So, and now, I think that was your first con that you went to. And now you're a seasoned veteran, right? Now you go and you dress up as who? The Joker. Ah, the Joker. So, and you know, this year at C2E2, I, I focused on art. I, th- I got a lot of artwork that was cool, mostly Star Wars based. Um, and if you follow me on Twitter at Sith Nightmare, I have posted pictures of a lot of the artists and their work. Um, so definitely check that out because I met a lot of cool people that were out there, um, you know, showing up their amazing work. Uh, one person individual, or in one person in particular, uh, was D and D art at D and D Illustrations. I think it is. Uh, dndstudioart.com so ddstudioart.com and Nick I saw something and it spoke to me and it said buy me for Nick so I bought you this drawing of the Joker Heath Ledger's Joker Um, why don't you describe it to the folks alright well it is Heath Ledger's Joker like you said but he is wearing, it appears to be a nurse's outfit almost, with Harvey Dent, this is attorney, uh, sticker, sticker on it, like, I believe in Harvey Dent almost. Mm-hmm. I believe this is, I think this is actually almost like a screen grab that he drew uh, from when he was talking to Dent in the hospital before he blew it up. Because he had that whole get up on and believe, and I think he had all that stuff on there too. But... Uh, I believe if you look at that picture on Twitter that I post, posted up, you can see this this uh, actual image here, too. But that's only one thing, Nick, that spoke to me. And another one that I saw that reminded me of you, just a little bit, is this one. This is from a different artist. Um, this was one of the first artists that I saw when I came into the, into the con. He was on the left side. Um, what's What's this image of? Is of the Joker decowling Batman almost. Well, Batman has already been decowled, so he's just holding yeah. the cowl. Yeah. Yes. But uh, this is more of a an Arkham, Arkham, uh, the Arkham game kind of the style of Batman. Um, obviously, it's got a lot of ha 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 in the background, so it, it's it's very appropriate for the Joker. So, and third, and final. And I thought this one was kind of cool. For two reasons. And maybe you'll see why. One more. So this one, it has Batman, obviously, in the foreground and everything. And you see all the bats flying around. But actually, inside Batman is a picture of the Joker. So, I liked it. It has more, it has more Batman than the other two did. And I'm more of a Batman guy. But, there you go. Some more art for you to frame and hang on your... Lovely walls. Adorn your walls with the Joker. So, like I said, 
if you were following me on Twitter, you would see a lot of the artists that I talked to and interacted with. Um, it was a, a great time. I, I only was able to go for one day, which was Saturday. But And when I was up there, I was only able to go to one panel. I mean, time flies by. The show floor is so big and so massive, I couldn't even get to all the booths that I wanted to get to. And there was a lot of actual panels that I wanted to check out, too, from like Marvel, uh, DC. Some other folks had a lot of panels, right? But the only panel that I got to go to was Marvel, The Next Big Thing. So in that, it just talked about their current comic book series uh, and ones that are coming out soon. So they talked about well, the Secret War a little bit. Everything's going to end. Everybody dies, you know, in the Secret War coming out. Uh, they talked about the Marvel run that they have coming now uh, with uh, Star Wars and the new one coming out with Lando. Uh, so they talked about all those individual ones. Actually, the, the writer of Princess Leia it was up there. Uh, and he was on the panel as well. He's one of the panelists. So I wasn't able to, or I was able to ask them a question, but I didn't have a question when I got to the microphone. So I got up to the microphone and I said, hey, uh, I'm the last guy up here. Uh, I need someone else behind me. So then some people ran up and I was like, all right, pressure's off. I don't have to ask a great question. But, and I said, you know, I don't really have a question. And the moderator was like, I don't think you understand how a question and answer works then. And I was like, ah, it's okay. But I just, you know express my thanks to them for the Marvel series for the Star Wars because they have been excellent. Every issue has been really good. And as I talk on my other podcast that I'm with with my uh, pals Jason Lacey and Josh, Josh Oaks is that every issue so far has been a hit. So if you haven't read any of the Marvel Star Wars stuff yet, definitely check out Star Wars and Darth Vader. Those are probably my favorite too. Uh, but there's also Kanan now. And there's also Princess Leia. And Lando's coming. So, Marvel and Star Wars is healthy relationship so far. But that's, I mean, the extent of my entertainment was one day full of entertaining things up in, up in Chicago. Um, I did actually yesterday, went up to Chicago, or not yesterday, Thursday, again, with my brother Jason. And we walked around and I went to the NFL Draft Town. So the NFL Draft is happening in Chicago this year. And they had this whole little area set up for the NFL Draft Town. So fans could go there. There were some agents and players that were around there, too. Uh, each team had their own tent, had their own area for all the uh, management staff to be at. So it was pretty cool to go up there and see that. I mean, it was completely accidental. I, I didn't even realize that Chicago had the draft this year until I was up there. I was like, oh, hey, check that out. So I spent some time there and got to see some things. It was a cool experience. Um, completely accidental. But not what I have been entertained by recently, but what you can be entertained by now. So between now and May 4th, you can currently stream uh, Star Wars Rebels for free. Have you seen any of Star Wars Rebels? No. So what's the reason why you haven't seen any of it? Well, I don't have much time to watch TV shows as of late, and Star Wars doesn't really interest me as much as other shows. I know I'm bad, but... Um... Yeah, I haven't had the time to watch too much TV lately. That's okay. I, I understand. But if you wanted to, there's only 13 episodes of Star Wars Rebels Season 1, and you can get caught up in the series. And it takes place between Episodes 3 and Episode 4. Um, and listeners can check it out, too, between now and May 4th, which is Monday. So we're recording this on a Saturday. Uh, it should be posted up, hopefully, uh, before you, before the, sh uh, the, the show is no longer streaming. But you can catch it all online now at StarWars.com. So uh, may the 4th be with you.
and happy Star Wars Day to any any Star Wars fan who may be listening to this on May the 4th. So, there's a lot of uh, things that, actually, if you do listen to this before May the 4th, check out Amazon and other places. They usually have Star Wars-related sales. Uh, Comixology might have some, some sales because they usually do. Um, but a lot of places will have cool stuff on May 4th. But, that's about uh, all the entertaining stuff that I've been enamored with recently. So, a little bit of news before we get into Age of Ultron. The meat and potatoes for this week. First bit of news, and this is something that, you know, I, th I thought was kind of interesting because Xbox One's been out for a little over a year now. And it's had the release with the Kinect by itself, it's had the standalone release, um, it's been bundled with games, and now there's going to be a Halo 5 edition coming, which has a different artwork and presumably a, a bigger hard drive, I would hope so anyway. But there's a new uh, Xbox coming, and it's going to be out in November, whenever Halo 5 launches. So, what would it take to have you get an Xbox One? Me to get an Xbox One. One, I'd have to be into console gaming more. Uh, I am a PC gamer. That is what I like to do. Boo. I know. Um, <clears throat> but for me to get an Xbox One, I'd probably prefer getting an Xbox One over a PlayStation 4. Uh, just because the controller itself is better than the PlayStation 4 controller. Um, it looks better. It plays better. I like the uh, operating systems better on the Xbox One. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me to get one... It'd probably have to be, it'd have to have more fun games. Like games that are actually designed to be fun. Now, games that are designed to be fun. Mm. I showed you this game last time you were here on Xbox One. Um, and, you know, I put out the call to some, some friends of mine on Twitter. And they answered. And we were playing IDARB. And they answered with hashtag bombs. So... I think the epitome of what you describe as wanting something that's fun has to be IDARB, right? So what did you think of, of IDARB when you played that? Uh, well, when I first started it, um, you destroyed me mm -hmm. for like an hour. But then when I started to really get the hang of it, I thought it was the, the best game probably I've played in a long time. Even though it's the most simple, ridiculous little game, it's one of the best games I've ever played in my life. <laughs> And uh, the reason for this is because I I got really naturally good at it, I think at least. And uh, it's really you just move your little guy around and then just throw a ball into a goal, mm -hmm. and which is like super fun. It's more fun than it actually deserves to be, probably. <laughs> but what really got me about that game was is like you can throw that ball and it'll bounce around, and sometimes it might accidentally just roll. Mm -hmm. directly into your goal. Um, I mean, a lot of it is you know what you're doing. You, you have a you have a way of playing. But then a lot of it is also just blind luck. Yeah. Blind luck's got a, a big part to play in every game anymore, though. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. But, uh... but that game is out there. It exists. So you have a reason now that you can get an Xbox One. So, just, just saying. You know, if you ever do. I darb all the time. So, limited edition Halo 5 coming for Xbox One later this year. Might be a possibility. You never know. It's a cool artwork. So, 
moving on. And this has to do with, you know, something that I know you're fond of. The Joker. So, Jared Leto's Joker image. I mean, I know oh, you've seen Jared this Leto's thing. Jared Leto's Joker image. I know you've seen this thing, and I know you have opinions. And as a huge Joker fan, tell me, what do you, what do you think of, of the depiction currently of Jared Leto's Joker? Well, of the of the current Jared Little Joker, and the, that's the one with the tattoos, the one we're talking about, um, I wanted to know exactly why they made him look like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> and that's just because the Joker is supposed to be in this in this suit, this dirty suit, but it's supposed to be in this fancy, dirty purple suit, and he has a pale face, and like uh, normally the classic Joker doesn't have tattoos. There has been renditions, but he has the tattoos. But I think they went over the top and overdid it. Like, the damage tattoo over his brain, over his head, mm-hmm. that was overkill. And all the ha-has on the side of his... And that was overdone. And that smiley face on his arm. Yeah. Like, I just didn't like it. And then he had the Michael Jackson purple glove. The one purple glove. The one purple glove. And, I don't know, it just... It didn't it didn't strike me as the Joker. It, it, it struck me as, like... More of a Mr. Zazz, really. Yeah. Like a, a Victor Zazz, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, I, if you take away the tattoos, I think it looks fine, honestly. Um, it was a, it was an interesting shot, interesting depiction of him. Take away the tattoos, I think it would be better. But And I'm wondering if that's not just kind of doctored up kind of stuff, just, just for the image. Because those will obviously tell you more about the Joker than it would otherwise. So, interesting reveal, and I think they did that because it's, you know, Batman 75, and I think that it was the 75th anniversary of the release of the first comic with the Joker, which is the reason why they released the image. So, interesting, right? But, one more piece of news before we get into the meat and potatoes of this week. And it has a deal with said meat and potatoes. That's the Age of Ultron home release so the blu-ray and dvd they have announced that it's going to come with extended an extended cut of the movie which originally uh when joss whedon was filming the movie he wanted to do it for like three almost three and a half hours so they had to cut a lot they had to cut an hour's worth of material out to fit that into the two and a half hour frame that it's in currently um and also there's going to be a an alternate ending for the movie Mm. so and we could speculate, you know, after this discussion, what we think the alternate ending might be. But, uh, and as we get into it, we can talk about if you feel like it should have been longer, if you felt the pacing was right. But, just one of those things where, I, I, I like home releases, so I, I will obviously have the Blu-ray when it releases, but it's nice to have the option to, to watch the extended cut to see what the director actually had in mind, the vision that he had. Um, so... Having to cut out a lot of that film, though, is that says a lot. Because he had a lot more that he wanted to say at that point. So, what do you think? Do you, are you all for extended cuts? Yes. I love extended cuts. Well, what about them that you like? Well, the first the first time I ever watched, actually, like, enjoyed deleted scenes or extended cuts of anything was when I bought, don't laugh at me, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh-huh. Now I watched all those because the changes and and like deleted scenes and whatnot 
I actually felt some of them made the movie better in their own respective ways. Yeah, I could see a lot of changes that could be made to that movie to make it better in yes, a lot of ways. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. But um, the reason I, I, I felt that Avengers obviously was a little short, uh, even though it was two and a half hours long. But, I mean, you got however many characters in the movie. I don't want to count them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to jam-pack each mm-hmm. all of those into a movie, and they keep adding more. So, I mean, that movie has to get longer. Yeah. So... It was a little rushed. It was mostly, like, a fight scene and then slow parts, which were good. Mm-hmm. It was The entire thing was amazing, but then more slow parts. Yeah. I mean, uh, more fight scenes. Uh, like, the entire hour, the last hour of the movie was a fight scene. So I would like to see what the deleted scene, uh, the, the extended version, deleted scenes were that changed the movie, you know, made it a little better, or if it would have made it worse. I don't know. Yeah. You know... Kind of along with that, and this may be part of the of the Blu-ray release, is that I was reading an article today, and it said that originally, at one point in the movie, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, uh, they wanted to make Hulk gray. They wanted to use gray Hulk. So, I thought that that would be an interesting little feature or a little tidbit to put on these home releases, too, is that they put these deleted scenes in, or like alternate scenes, where it could be gray Hulk instead of green, traditional green Hulk. So... With that little tidbit, are you ready to get into our entertaining thoughts for this week with Avengers Age of Ultron? Avengers Age of Ultron. Now, this is a a movie that obviously released this week, so... Listener, if you have not yet watched Avengers Age of Ultron, this will be a spoiler-filled discussion about all the ramifications and all the tie-ins and all the plot details of Avengers Age of Ultron. So, spoiler warning. Nick, give me your overall thoughts, impressions of Avengers Age of Ultron. Well, starting from the very beginning, um... Obviously, they're, they're working as a team. Uh, I like that. I like how it started them. Because in like the other movies, the, the standalones, like there's like the war, the world is going to be ended. It's like one of one of the Avengers has to save it. Like, mm-hmm. where's the rest of them? Yeah. They're all out, you know, getting coffee. Right, yeah. Um, you know, talking about how Captain America is getting, in Black Widow, getting chased by S.H.I.E.L.D. Look at how I had to check the news there. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. But uh, what I liked about the beginning of the Avengers was they're just going after some remnants, not even the Hydra's done away with, S.H.I.E.L.D. done away with. Um, They're just going after, like, remnants of that. So when they're going after them, and they have the twins who are uh, German, Russian, Mm -hmm. they sound sound Russian, uh, I think. And uh, when they go after, uh, go towards them, they're like, send out the twins. They're like, no, they're not ready. It's the Avengers. Send out the twins. Mm -hmm. And then they just go out anyways. Uh, but I thought it was cool for the concept of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver because they did not try with Quicksilver to completely copy Days of Future Past. Yeah, he was he was a completely different kind of character than the Quicksilver that we saw in Days of Future Past. Which one do you like better? Which Quicksilver? Uh, I like the one from Ultron better. 
I like his personality better. So, I think I like that one better, but the one from, from uh, Future Past had that one scene, you know, the one where he's running around the room during the, the, the big scene that he's in, and I'm not going to spoil that if anybody hasn't watched it, but he's in a big scene, and there's this music playing, and he's running around really fast, everybody else is like frozen in time, and that's like the one of the, st- the star scenes from the movie, really. It's the best scene from the movie. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have that in this movie with this Quicksilver, but I, I like this portrayal of him a little bit better, I believe. But I did like that scene in Age of Old, or Days of Future Past uh, better than any singular scene with him here. Yeah. Well, I mean, then you also, in Age of Ultron, you do have the slow slow pace running scene where he's running and he grabs Thor's hammer mm-hmm. and flies back. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting because I thought they are just going to have him be all the Avengers right then and there. Mm-hmm. And then he grabs Thor's hammer. But... That was, that was funny because, you know, obviously Thor's hammer, he threw it and there's probably a lot of force behind the throw. And he's not worthy. He's not going to be able to take that hammer. So when he goes, he's like, hmm, grabs the hammer. He just like flies <laughs> with it. It was hilarious. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of comedy in this movie, especially in the opening scene here. Yeah. Uh, especially between uh, Ultron and uh, Tony Stark, mm-hmm. I feel, because um, Ultron, like, downloaded ta- Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. So he's just, like, evil robot Tony Stark the entire time. Yeah. Like, because Tony he, Stark's he like he picked up dad. a lot of his memories, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. I mean, Tony created him, and so I'm sure that a lot of programming code and a lot of the, you know, the database that Ultron had to pull from, it was a lot of characteristics of Tony Stark. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's what it appeared to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Ultron's mouth whenever he talked. That was... <laughs> I liked the way it looked. But, uh, another thing I liked is how... Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything else about this, but one of the main characters, one of the actual Avengers, dies. Mm-hmm. And uh, in every other superhero Marvel movie, characters die and they come back to can come back to life. Like uh, in the first Avengers movie, Coulson dies and he comes back in Agents of Shield. Which it, I find it interesting. I was kind of waiting for him to pop up in this movie, because he's alive in Agents of Shield. Yeah, but he like Captain America doesn't know he's alive. Thor doesn't know he's alive. Although mm-hmm. Sif knows he's alive. Yeah. It's true. I'm just waiting for him to pop up in one of the movies to make it official. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I am here. Yay. Yeah, getting getting his baseball cards signed. Yeah, get his baseball cards signed. Well, he's already got them signed. Well, so he just has to go get them back. Well, I mean, those are kind of ruined in blood, though. Eh, that's true. So. So, what else about this movie? What... Did... Did you like it? Yes. I love this movie. This movie was I, I found it better than the first Avengers movie, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how the entire movie they said, uh, "Oh, Hawkeye's gonna die." He's talking about his life mm-hmm. and being great and showing his wife. Oh, he's gonna die, and then obviously, he doesn't die. Yeah, because uh, another Avenger dies. It's, it's a fake out. Yeah, I mean the the entire time that they're doing this whole Barton stuff, Hawkeye stuff, is building up. You know the oh, I got a family. Oh, I got a kid on the way, you know. It's building up the whole cliche of well, my last day on the force. I don't know. Yep. So it's the, I was just waiting for the, for the scene to come where he's dead. 
right? And I thought it was going to come at that point. I was like, oh, here it comes. And I was like, if that would have happened, I would have been like, this is horribly telegraphed. Yeah. We knew this from like the, the moment we saw his family that that would happen. But the fact that it doesn't happen and that Quicksilver comes and saves him, I like that. Yeah, I also liked how it showed how heroic Quicksilver actually is. Mm-hmm. And his, his line, didn't yeah, see that one didn't, coming. Didn't see that one coming. And yeah. But I mean, I, uh, I, we haven't gotten the, they haven't gotten the Civil War yet. But I know that in Civil War, the comics, Spider-Man actually takes a bullet for Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens is he senses the bullet coming and just pretty much jumps in front of it when he could have just webbed him away. But, mm. you know. But I thought it was going to be like that thing, or maybe he was going to regenerate or whatnot. But when it goes to the Avengers headquarters at the end, it's just Scarlet Witch, and it's like, where's Quicksilver? You know, it's the first time I feel Marvel has actually killed one of their characters. Besides Ultron. When, uh... Which, I mean... Vision told him he was the last one. So... I don't think he's dead. Ultron? Or Quicksilver? Quicksilver. So, he may be dead in the current state but the next Avengers movie the next two Avengers movies are the Infinity War have you read the Infinity Stone comics the Infinity Mm. Gauntlet no read those because a lot of those when Thanos has all those gems right he has the the ability to control time you know the ability to control mind space there's a lot of people that could die or people that are dead that could come back. So, just just some food for thought is that when that comes around, you might want to read those Infinity Gauntlet comics because that will show you some, some interesting stuff that could happen that they could be pulling from for the next couple of Avengers movies. But a lot of the stuff that they're doing now are actually from more recent runs of the Marvel comics. So, I'm not sure if there's a more recent version of the Infinity Gauntlet than I have read. So, I'll have to look at that. But... So we we've talked about you know Quicksilver, you know compared him between Days of Future Past Quicksilver, and we've talked about you know the Avengers being together as a team. What do you think about the the, the discussions between like Captain America and Iron Man, particularly that one scene when they're at Barton's house doing the wood chopping. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, well, obviously they're ta- they're talking about. I'm gonna need a refresher on this. I'm I'm kind of slow right now. So they're, chop- they're outside chopping the wood. Cap has the giant pile of wood, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got none. And they're arguing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, obviously about the Ultron thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, after Barton's, uh, Kakai's wife had called him gods. Mm-hmm. And what I think is gonna happen, obviously what has to happen, is they're different minded. Right. Captain America, just like in the comic book, just like in all the Marvel series, and Iron Man are going to bump heads every single time a dispute comes around. Like, Captain America was mad because he didn't even tell, because Iron Man didn't even tell the team that he had made the Ultron program. Or that he was even working on yeah, it. Yeah, or that he was working on it, mm-hmm. or that he had the idea to. Mm-hmm. So they just did it. He just made the program. Then Although, I mean, Banner knew. Yeah, but I mean, who's gonna really make the Hulk angry? Exactly. Right? <laughs> I mean, like we're at a nice house. Let's not let's not talk to Bruce about this right now. Uh huh. But, um, 
they're like the two leaders because Captain America is the leader of the team, but Iron Man does all the things. Like he he provides all the money, he builds everything, designs everything, like he says in the movie. Mm-hmm. Makes everybody look good. Makes everybody look good. But uh, so they're gonna bump heads all the way up until the issue of should everybody know who all the superheroes are? Which at this point everybody knows who everybody is. Yeah, obviously. But, like I mean. You know, we, we get to the scene at the, at the end with the new Avengers team that comes through. The only one there that you don't know who it is would be, um, or at least who the mass population may not know, is Falcon. But, I mean, then you could also say, like, currently, you know, in this universe, Daredevil's the only other masked, you know, masked uh, person in the universe right now. So, I'm wondering what the issue would actually be that causes, or that they focus on in Civil War. Because with that being the case, you don't really have a lot of masked heroes. Because that, w- that was the big driver in Civil War, the comic book. That's because they're all masked heroes. Mm-hmm. So, it'll be interesting to see where they take that, because there's going to be a lot of things that they could do, especially pulling from from Iron Man, you know, Iron Man 3, uh, with him kind of having that... Uh, the sleeplessness that he had in Iron Man 3, so he made him make all those suits, which turned into the Ultron, Ultron program. And then him just making, him wanting to make a suit of armor around the world, right? And that didn't really pan out very well. So. Not until the Vision came. Exactly. So tell me, what do you think about Vision? Uh, I was, I honestly did not see it coming. I should have seen it coming. You should have had a Vision? I, yes, I should have had a Vision <laughs> of Vision. But um, I should have seen it coming. They built it up for like an hour. I mean, they were making a human-robot combination uh, for Ultron, and you should have just been like, oh, that's Vision. But, like, whenever he first came up, I was like, is that Ultron? But he, why is he, uh, I knew that they put Jarvis in, but the Vision himself, I felt they did a very good job with. Mm-hmm. Um, how Vision was, like, made, like, whenever they had the dispute of... Uh, Half of the Avengers were like, let's make him, and the other half were like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thor comes in, and he throws the lightning down. I was not sure if Thor was trying to destroy him, or if he was trying to reload him. Or give him the power. Or, you know, give him the power to be powered up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whenever he got powered up, I was like, oh, that's not going to be good. Yeah. And it comes out, and it's Vision. And then, again, nobody's going to trust Vision until he picks up Thor's hammer. Which... That was a great callback to that earlier scene when everybody was trying to lift the hammer. Yep, and Captain America moved it. Yeah, and the look on Thor's face afterwards. Yep, and uh, he was dumbfounded when Vision handed him the hammer. Mm -hmm. But uh, I like the way they did him. I like the the way he talked. Like, well, he was Jarvis. He had Jarvis's voice. Mm -hmm. But I liked his dialect with Ultron. So I, I thought it was pretty cool, too, like when he was... Like, when he was first out of the, we'll call it casket, when he was first out of that, you know, he was just kind of a plain synth- synthetic being, and then he kind of made, like, his costume just, like, out of, you know, his body, and then he, he saw Thor's cape, and he just added a cape. <laughs> like, that was funny. But, yeah, Vision was done pretty well. I was I was impressed. And it was always one of those things with, with uh, the Vision, for this movie, he's, like, the first person that can just fly. Yeah. Without anything else. Like, Iron Man has to have his repulsors. Ca- uh, Thor can't really fly. He, he just throws, he his, throws hammer. his hammer and holds on to it. Um, 
So he's the first person actually just flies. So I thought it was kind of interesting because just the way he moved when he did that, I was like, man, it's just, it's the first time we've seen that in the Marvel Universe, really, where it's just a guy flying, kind of. It was done better than the Superman flying in Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah. So, and, you know, when they, we, we were kind of talked about it a little bit with, with the Ultron, uh, or with the them lifting the hammer, that scene, uh, I love that part when, you know, Captain America moves just a little bit and he gets, Thor gets concerned. And then Rhodey and Tony are trying to lift it with their gloves. And then uh, Banner, he goes to lift it. He's like, ah! No, I'm just kidding. No? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was funny. Um, but what do you think about Ultron's end goal? His, his raising a meteor to crash it back down on the city. Well, the entire movie... Um, he pretty much says that he, he likes the concept of meteors. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think that he's going to try to, like, blow up nukes. Like, the entire... That's what, that's what everybody thinks he's going to do, is he's going to be like, oh, he's going to try to get nukes. But whenever he actually makes the city fly, I was like, I, I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Was it ridiculous? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it was it was great. It was really good. And uh, the whole thing with uh, Tony Stark, like, I found a way to blow it up, but we got to get everyone off. And uh, Hawkeye talking to Scarlet Witch, and he goes, The city is flying. I have a bow and arrow, and we're fighting robots. Nothing makes sense. <laughs> and I'm doing this because it's my job, is what, is what he's getting at. So whenever the city's, I mean, like, that's just good. Like that was that was an idea that I don't think anybody else would have seen coming. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was, I was kind of vaguely reminded a little bit of uh, Superman Returns, the where Brandon Ralph played Superman, because <laughs> that's the last time I think we've seen like a flying island or a flying city when Superman took this island of Krypton and flew it out of the world. I was, I was like. It reminded me of that just a little bit, just seeing the big, you know, hunk of mass up there, but it was done a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was actually done well. Yeah. So, we get to the, the climax of the movie, you know, all the robots and everybody fighting, and you get the, at the beginning of the movie, you got an, a good Avenger scene with seeing all of them together fighting in the, in the snow, and then you get to see everybody fighting together again here at the, in the... Uh, the church, I think, is what they had in the church in the center of the town, where the uh, thing was to protect. So, you get that second call back there, and you're towards the end of the movie now. What did you think of the sacrifice of Quicksilver? Don't you think that he could have been just a little bit faster and gotten out of his out of the way himself? Yeah, I mean, like he could have just moved him. Out. I mean, like what what it showed. Well, I think it showed at least is that the gunshots were close, but they weren't very close. So Quicksilver should have gotten out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was good because it showed how Quicksilver actually can, is capable of making self-sacrifice, which he was doing the entire movie for his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I just thought it was interesting because he's talking about how he hates the Avengers, how he hates uh, 
Tony Stark in particular, which Tony Stark seemed to be the real antagonist of this movie. Um, but uh, I mean, he made Ultron. He made Ultron. He he, and he made the uh, the Twin Tatum. Uh-huh. Uh I mean, even though he was like the main hero in Avengers, they kind of made up for it with him being like the creator of everything evil in this one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I thought that was good. I like that. I, I like that callback that he did too. Does anyone remember? You know, New York and big wormhole and me carrying a nuclear weapon out. I was like, nope, nope, nope never heard. Never heard of that happen. But, I mean, I understood where it came from with him even making Ultron doing that. And it goes back, and also it's partially, like, the Scarlet Witch knew that something was going to happen with that. Mm-hmm. From the very beginning. Because she saw into his head. She knew that he was going to self-destruct the team. But she made the decision too late to help the team. So, really, everyone, I feel like, a bunch of the characters in that uh, movie were just fighting because they... Because Tony Stark needed the fight because it was his problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scar- uh, the Scarlet Witch probably felt bad, if you really think about it, because she knew it was going to happen. And Quicksilver was there trying to help his sister. Uh, but yeah. yeah. After Quicksilver saved everybody on the on the city, yeah. he just kind of dies. Which, I mean, when, when they're saving everybody in the city, you know, that helicarrier shows up with Fury... Where did that helicarrier come from, though? I mean, I know he said it was, like, you know, in storage or in mothballs or something, but wouldn't, uh, wouldn't that be in someone's custody or something somewhere? It doesn't matter. It was awesome. Yeah. It's... I mean, whatever they need could to get out of the situation to kind of get the wow factor going, I guess that's all you needed, but... He said he was going to do something dramatic. Yeah, that's true. But, what do you think... So we have the, the the main characters, except for Barton, obviously. They all had the, their worst nightmare kind of shown to them scenario. Yeah. So you had Tony's, which was seeing everybody dead, saying that he could have done more to save everybody, which is what made him want to create the Ultron Project, right? Because he, him seeing that wanted to drive him to, to complete it. Then you had Captain America's dream. I didn't quite understand that one. It was, the war was over. Maybe it's just that he doesn't have anything to do. Well, Captain America was born in a time of war. Mm -hmm. That's Uh, all I really knew. So that's all he knows. But, if you actually pay close attention, a bunch of the people in that room were like, they're laughing, dancing, having a good time, but they also have bullet holes. Mm -hmm. Or they're stabbed and they're bleeding out around that room and they're like oh yeah we're having a good time and uh the the lady uh that was peggy yeah peggy peggy carter she's like the war is over but maybe he felt like the war wasn't over like i mean like the war is over but it's never over yeah like people's people are gonna still get sucky things happening to him okay i can see that but then again he also told uh Iron Man that he had never seen his dark side. And in this movie, he's not worthy of picking up the hammer yet, obviously. So maybe he had a fear that there would no longer be any war. Which is what he needs to sustain himself. Hmm. Could be. Interesting. Interesting thought. What about Natasha? Uh, well, Black Widow. I mean, everybody thinks she's good looking. 
But I, I never really knew anything about her backstory. Which, her biggest nightmare is did, pretty much just her entire past. Did you see Agent Carter, the TV show? Uh, I've seen a few episodes. So, in Agent Carter, they tie in the Black Widow program. So they have actually someone that's chasing after Peggy, who's part of that program. So you can kind of see the the origins of what Natasha might have gone through with this program. But you, you saw it pretty well, too, actually, here in her flashback sequence. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good because it was that's all it was. Her it was showing everybody their biggest nightmares, and when it got to Natasha, it was just it was memory. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything that could because with Captain America, it was just a nightmare. With Iron Man, a nightmare. They're all just dreams. But by the time they got to Natasha, besides the kids without the faces, mm-hmm. by the time they got to Natasha, it was like memories. Well, then he had like a future fear. With Thor. So it was like everybody was dead, right? Which ties into the next Thor movie, which is Ragnarok. Everything dies. So. And then he he sees this vision and then he doesn't understand it. And so he goes and has this, uh, you know, magical bath or whatever. And he goes and finds out what the dream meant. That's what, what leads him to give or to support Vision, because Vision's needed for whatever happens, right? Um, so his is the only one that's kind of like foreshadowing or foreboding. The, other, the others were just their fears, or, you know, their past, their dark times. So, and for Thor, what his dark times were ahead. So, I thought that was interesting. And then, obviously, whatever the Hulk saw, who knows? <laughs> but, uh... uh I wish they would have shown that bit. Maybe that'll be one of the deleted scenes is what, what Banner's dark fear was. And probably just him... As the Hulk. As, being as the Hulk and just destroying people he cares about and things like that. Maybe so. it'll show Betty. Could. Yeah, I mean, we haven't heard much about Betty recently, right? And he's, he's all about Natasha now. Yeah. Uh, there's no Betty. There's no Abomination. Do you know why they called uh, the Hulkbuster Armor Veronica? Um, no, I'm not. I do not. I'm not aware. It's a callback to the Archie comics. So in Archie, there's Betty and Veronica, and the Hulk obviously is in love with Betty. So the opposite of what he's in love with is Veronica. So, yeah, that's what they call it that. But I I did like the the fight between Hulk and uh, Iron Man in the Hulkbuster armor. I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, I did uh, I did wonder how. Go to sleep. Yeah. I did wonder how him just, you know, beating him senseless makes him revert back to Bruce. Well, he's probably just helping him to knock him unconscious. Well, yeah, because at, at, towards the end there, he I think he realized that he was kind of coming to and realizing what he was doing. And then that's when Iron Man kind of hit, hit the final punch in him. So, good little battle there. What else? I mean, before I begin my rant on this movie... Is there anything else that you want to throw out there? Uh, well, I didn't know I was doing this till today, so I haven't really been thinking about it. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I think we covered most of it pretty well. I heard that, um, apparently, like, I, if, you, if you watch Jimmy Fallon uh, ever, and you listen to the actress, I don't know, I'm not aware of her name, uh, I think it's an Olsen. Talk about being the Scarlet Witch. Elizabeth? Elizabeth Olsen. Um, Maybe talking about being the Scarlet Witch like they ask her what her powers are and she 
can't give a description. Like, she tries to give it a description, but pretty much what just happened was she moved her hands and then, like, all the special effects happened in the movie. Mm-hmm. I also thought that it was a little bit weird. Um, have you seen Godzilla? Have you seen the Godzilla movie? Uh-huh. Um, both the actor that played Quicksilver and that actress were husband and wife and were, like, making out in that movie. Mm-hmm. And the brother and sister in that movie, and that's always weird for me. I don't, <laughs> I don't like that. Actors gotta work. Yeah. The. Yeah. So, so about that. let me. Let me go ahead and extol on my Avengers Age of Ultron thoughts. So, first off, with this movie, it ties in directly to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, the last episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they. They found some information that pointed them to that Hydra base uh, that they started out in Avengers Age of Ultron in. So Coulson sends <clears throat> Maria Hill the message, and then she relays that to, to the team, and then they go. So that was a big tie-in. It, it showed you know someone having flashes of the Loki staff uh, in the in the show as well. So uh, just a couple tie-ins there, but supposedly that was a, a direct lead into it with that. Uh, bit being sent for the the last mission there i forget what they called it it was some protocol but anyway that was a the tie-in for agents of shield so um we had the opening battle and everything was really cool with you know iron man and everybody flying around taking care of the bad guys hulk destroying everything hulk smashing exactly can someone take care of that bunker you know hulk just runs through it and then the interesting thing I, I took out of that bit was, well, A, Baron Von Schrucker, he didn't last long. I mean, and he wasn't really very menacing at all in this. Where at the end of, when we first see Baron Von Schrucker in Captain America at the tag, where we first see Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, we, we kind of think that he's going to be a big part, right? He's really, he's gone in like the first half hour of this movie. So Ultron kills him, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he he was pretty much comic relief. He's like you know, he gave his 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 speech to his troops, never surrender, this and that, and always I'll fight. Surrender. And then he turns to the other guy, I'm going to surrender. <laughs> so uh, I mean, he was just more of a comic relief person than anything else in this movie. Um, and I mean, I guess it's okay, I guess. Because maybe he's been, you know, fearing the Avengers for all this time, and he knows that he's not going to stand a chance against them, because evidently the Avengers have been destroying their other bases, looking for the uh, Loki's stick. So there's that. And then what I thought was pretty cool too, you know, as a callback also to Iron Man three, is when Iron Man goes and he lands and he's looking for the stick, and he gets out of the Iron Man suit. I thought that was kind of interesting. Because he got out of the Iron Man suit and was able to walk around and just as Tony Stark and the suit was just in sentry mode guarding him. And then now the first time that we see the twins in this movie, they're just kind of talking, having a discussion, kind of just whispering to each other. Didn't really know what to think of them. I mean, still, I, I didn't know what to think until, you know, more towards the, the middle of the movie when you started to get information on them. But... I thought they were an interesting addition to the show, or, or to the to the movie, because you got the dichotomy now of 
and they must have resolved it during this movie of Scarlet Witch and her brother Quicksilver when they were younger hiding under the bed with that Tony Stark you know shell waiting to go off and they were just like waiting two days for Tony Stark to kill him pretty much is what what she came down and said because when every time they had a, a person come in for a rescue mission or whatever they were worried that it was gonna you know blow it up at that point too so I thought that was interesting that you didn't really find out a lot about them until midway through the movie, which I guess is fine. But we get to the point where, you know, they find the stick and everybody's happy and they're having that party. And, you know, the, the two people conspicuously missing are Pepper and Jane Foster. And they're like, oh, you know, Jane's a, the foremost scientist of the thing since, you know, the events of Thor 2. And then Pepper's running a company since the events of the Iron Man 3. So they're, that's their reasons for them not being there. But I don't know. Everybody else was there. I think that they may have wanted to show up at some point. I was kind of just waiting for, for one of them to come at some point, like make a phone call or something. But oh well, maybe next time. But we did see everybody else in, the, in that part with Rhodey telling his story to the, like to Hulk and Captain America. He's like, I put the tank down there and said, you know, I forget what his joke was. And then they were just like, uh-huh, and then? Like, uh, that, that, that joke usually kills at this point. <laughs> and so, you know, later on we see him telling that same joke to a group of people and, they, you know, he's laughing. Girls, a group of women. Yeah. And he, uh, he gets the reaction that he's looking for and he's like, yeah. yeah. So, and, you know, I like the fact that one of the, one of the biggest questions uh, out of Avengers was, where was Iron? Where was War Machine? Where was Rhodey during the events of the New York thing? He couldn't be bothered to hop in his thing and you know help fight the Chitari. but at least in this one we get to see him in action a little bit later on, where he's helping Tony uh, or helping defend the helicarrier or the transports. So that was pretty cool. I wish we would have seen Falcon doing that as well because we saw you know his character at that party too. Um, but we didn't really see him in action until we, in the end we saw him in his Falcon get up. I was surprised we didn't see him at some point helping out at that, that final scene. That was, it's fine though. But then, you know, everybody clears out and everyone's trying to lift the hammer, you know, to talk about being worthy. And then, you know, Ultron stumbles in. It's like, of course you're not worthy, you know. And the whole scene with him coming alive and kind of just taking over. That was really well done with the voice acting of James Spader. Uh, James Spader did an amazing job voicing Ultron. Uh, amazing job voicing Ultron. That was great. Yeah. And it's one of those things that when you, when you look at James Spader, he can voice the, the evil Tony Stark easily, as he did. So, you know, and I liked this movie how Ultron... I think he went through three versions of himself. So he had one version, like the at the beginning, and then he had another version which like beefed up, and then he had a, a beefier version like towards and, the end. And then he broke that one, and then got an even beefier one, because he tore apart and looked at Natasha, pretty much saying that all he was all the robots and all the robots were expendable, mm -hmm. because there's only one, and it's him. Yeah. Uh, Ultron was great. Yes. Now, I don't know... So, you look at the Marvel villains so far. Where do you put Ultron on the list? 
of like greatness. Yeah, so I mean, you got Loki, obviously. Uh, you've got what's his face from the Dark Elves. You've got the extremist guy in Iron Man, Winter Soldier, um, Iron Monger, Red Skull. I think those are the big ones so far. Who, where do you put Ultron now? Well, everybody's one of like a major favorite of all Marvel films is Loki. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people thought. Oh, Loki, Loki, blah, blah, blah. and then the Winter Soldier was just he was really great. But I think like actual like villain wise villainy. It was Ultron. Just because... Well, he, he had the plan to destroy the world. I well, think he's the first one to have the plan to just destroy the world. Yeah, he was the, well, he was the first person to have the plan to destroy the world. Well, no, I guess the Dark Elf guy wanted to destroy the world, too. Well, yeah, but... Yeah, nobody cares nobody about Nobody cares about Malika. him. Malika. Yeah, I can't even remember his name. <laughs> but, uh... I mean, he, he had the, the personality, uh, especially being done by James Bader, like you said, he had the p- personality of... On like the voice and the tone and what he did, like when he actually cut off that guy's arm. Which Ulysses Claw, by the way, who plays a big part in Black Panther, but continue. Yes, Uh, yeah. Um, When he actually cut off that guy's arm, uh, because he said that he was like Tony Stark. He said, "How dare you compare me to him?" And he's Mm -hmm. he's like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to do that." And then he hits him again. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know. I, I just like you said, evil Tony Stark. And, uh, I mean, that was definitely better than Loki, who was just like, staff, chest, now yeah. you do what I want. Did Which, you, I mean, he did that. Did you like that little callback? Yeah, where he did that with the staff. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, I think he definitely had the best villainy in, like, all Marvel movies. Like, better than whoever was Ronin or whatever from... Ronin the Destroyer. Yeah, Guardians. Or Ronan the Accuser. Yeah, yeah from Guardians. Mm-hmm. Better than that guy. Um, that movie's good, too. Oh, yeah. But, uh... Guard, uh Avengers. Uh, Ultron. I think they that's the best villain they've had yet. As far as character-wise. Mm-hmm. And evil plot-wise. Evil plot-wise. And, like, and, like, even being voiced in, like, charisma. And, uh... He's obviously the smartest one, because... He has just all the information right there mm-hmm. but like you know whenever Scarlet Witch tries to read his mind at the begin- at like, towards the beginning of the movie and she's like <clears throat> most men give in he goes well I'm sure they do and he stands up and he's a robot mm-hmm. and they're like what but which that was a callback with him because he was wearing a red kind of hood was callback to when he was in the comics I think as the red cowl yeah. Interesting little factoid. But yeah, I mean, I think he's pretty high up there in, in the in the villainy rankings too. I think from from a from a total villainy perspective, yeah. I mean, Hydra obviously with with Pierce, he's you know high up there too. But um, yeah, well, I mean, Ultron, he's he's got the 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 power to back it up as well as you know the plan to destroy so uh, he, he's up there but I, I think I have to say as far as as far as a foil I still think Winter Soldier is one of the best foils 
uh, out there. But as far as a total package, a total villain package, I think Ultron's probably probably right up there. But Thanos, I mean, he's looming because he's put all these things in motion so far. So we and we see that little tag there at the end with him grabbing the gauntlet and said, "Fine, I'll do it myself." So he's gonna go get his Infinity Stones, which that'll be an interesting, interesting. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it, you know, within the next few movies or by the time the next Avengers rolls around or if he's going to do it in the next Avengers. Uh, that yet has yet to be seen because he's been a part now in both of the Avengers films. And on Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians. which mm-hmm. is going to bring Guardians of the Galaxy directly into the Avengers. Yeah, which that'll be great because, I mean, we need more we need more Guardians. Oh, yeah, another character that died that didn't actually die. Groot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this movie, I would say... Is, is is a great movie and I've only seen it once at this point unfortunately I do want to see it again so I saw it in Chicago at the IMAX theater in 3D um, as far as the 3D goes it was okay I don't think that it was needed 3D is never really needed though but I think that with this movie it, if you if you have an option to see it in 2D or 3D and you don't really care just go for 2D because the next time I see it I really just want to see it in 2D um, talking about the the score of this movie, it was actually done by two people. Brian Tyler, who's done a lot of the scores that we've liked before, or that I've liked before, and also a newcomer into the Marvel movie universe for these films. He composed Spider-Man um, 1, 2, and possibly 3, Danny Elfman. So it was Brian Taylor and Danny Elfman that did the score for this movie. So I enjoyed the score. Uh, I got that... You know, the Tuesday when it was released on, on digital, which was, you know, the Tuesday before the movie released. Um, and listen to that, and that's, it's actually really enjoyable to listen to. Um, a lot of interesting elements from the other movies that came into play, because it's the Avengers, obviously. You have Cap's theme that kind of plays in, you have Thor's theme that plays in. Um, and Ultron's theme was really cool, they did. So, I, I enjoyed the music for this one, it was actually good enough that I would recommend it as a purchase as well. Um, I don't think it's my favorite of the scores, but it's it's pretty high up there. It's it's in the top half for sure. Now as far as my rankings for this movie, what we do typically is we rank the movies, you know, from, from worst to first, or from best to worst, whatever you want to do. And... And I've been thinking about this, about where I want to put this movie. And I really need to see it again to know where I want to put it in my rankings. Because I've seen these other movies, you know, multiple times. But at this point, I'll give you my Marvel movie ranking. At the bottom. Starting from worst, going to first. Thor, The Dark World. You thought that was worse than the first Thor? Really? Yeah, Thor, The Dark World was not good. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, with uh, Edward Norton. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay, but I was like, "Mm." Thor. Iron Man 3. Captain America, the first Avenger. Iron Man 2. Iron Man, The Avengers, 
Avengers Age of Ultron, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So, and I, you know, I was asked this question a couple days ago uh, by my guest from last week, you know, Don. He asked me what I what I thought it was, and I was like, you know, it's definitely my top, the top four, and. I really need to see it again to know where I want to put it. I It could fluctuate between those four spaces. It could go below the Avengers. It could go above Guardians. It could go... I don't know if I would put it in first. Because Captain America is just a really, really good movie. The Winter Soldier. But it, it could fluctuate between second, third, and fourth. But currently I have it as third. On the movies. And Ant-Man's coming out, so that'll that'll throw into the mix when that comes. I'm nervous about that movie. Yeah. Uh, but that'll be the only other theatrical release this year for for the Marvel films that are the proper Marvel house. There's going to be the, the Fantastic Four movie, but that's not in the same universe uh, as this. Is it going to be in the same universe as X-Men? Because it should be. It's, it could be, but it's not. I mean, they're both owned by Fox, but as of now, they aren't putting those universes together. It should yeah, I mean, if there was a way for them to do it because they're both under Fox, I would I would do it if I was them. But so that's that's my Marvel movie ranking. So would you like to rank your movies from worst to first, mm. or from just rank them in any way? You know, top half, bottom half, whatever. Uh, well, like you said, um, or like you told me a couple weeks ago, that if I went back and watched Iron Man two that it would actually be a lot better than I thought it was originally when mm-hmm. it first came out. But I haven't done that yet. <laughs> so my list from worst to first would be Thor, the the first Thor, and, and it's kind of meh. And then Iron Man 2. And then Thor to the Dark World. <laughs> I didn't like those movies. Uh, Captain America, the first adventure. Iron Man 3. Hulk's got us way up the list, then. Yeah, I like the Hulk movie. I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but I liked it better than Iron Man 3. And I did like the fact that, you know, they had Abomination in that movie, um, which I would love to see again. I love the, the actor, the guy from Lie to Me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that guy playing Abomination. I don't know why they don't just, you know, toss him in there. <laughs> but they should. Um, plus, they set that the guy up for uh, the big, the big blue head. Can't remember his name. Oh yeah, uh, I can't remember what his name is either. But yeah, because he got the the stuff that dropped on his face. Yep. Uh, they set that guy up. Um, and I don't think it was gargoyle. That's another Hulk villain. I don't think it. I don't think that was supposed to be gargoyle. Yeah. Um, they set they set that up, and then they had abomination. And I like the abomination, but I like how it showed him become the abomination. But the serum was first injected into him; he was just superhuman, and then he was the monster that he became whenever he got more of Banner's blood. Mm-hmm. So I actually did like that. So then it's the Hulk, like after Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. And then you've got. I don't think you mentioned the first Iron Man, Avengers, Guardians, Cap, or Avengers two. Yeah, 
I know. Those are those are hard. Uh, it's <laughs> definitely the first Iron Man. Uh, then probably... Probably... Uh, Avengers. Then Age. The Voltron. Then Guardians. And then Captain America. Really? Captain Soldier. number one. Yeah. Well, I mean... I've seen Guardians a lot. So, I mean, I, I do love that movie, but right now I'm kind of worn out on it because I watched it so much. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, don't, I don't own Winter Soldier. I own Guardians of the Galaxy because it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be a classic. I don't care if it's just a Marvel movie or not. It's going to be a classic, mm-hmm. which I'm sure all Marvel movies will be. <laughs> but Well, I mean, Thor. Well, not Thor. <laughs> not, they should. They could have just made a Hawkeye movie or Black Widow. I thought. I would love a Black Widow movie or a Hawkeye movie. Like team them up. Yeah, that'd be cool. But show us what happened in Budapest. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. But um, anyways, I'll we'll just do a TV series with that because that's how they roll. Do a Netflix series. We could, but yeah, um, I do love Guardians. I love the fact that Guardians stood by itself, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't affected. Since they're out in space, out away from Earth, like on Marvel, one thing happens from like one movie or an episode of Shield, or anything like a um, Daredevil took place after I think I think it either took place after Avengers. I think it took place after Avengers. Mm-hmm. That's the 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 damage and everything they're talking about. Like besides the normal damage in Hell's Kitchen, mm-hmm. um, but like everything was taken at Earth. And I liked how Guardians was just the only tie they had with uh, any of the Avengers was Thanos. And Thanos wasn't a major character in Avengers yet. Mm-hmm. So, it was nice. It was nice. It was refreshing. It was an interesting team. Uh, you know, everybody loves Star Wars, Star-Lord. And, uh, and Star Wars. Everybody loves Star Wars. Everybody loves Star Wars. Uh, I can't do it. I just can't say it. Star-Lord, uh, Rocky Raccoon. Groot, all of them. They were just all great characters. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, our top four movies are currently in that same order. So, like, you know, top four for me is Avengers, then Avengers 2, then Guardians, and then Cap 2. So, and, I mean, Cap 2 is just so good. And what's really cool about Cap 2 is it's by the Russo brothers, who also are doing the Infinity War 1 and 2, the next two Avengers movies. So, if they can continue their, you know, their track record from uh, the Winter Soldier, it'll be awesome. So, that's just, you know, the thought, the, my points on, on Avengers for this week. I think that covers everything, because, I mean, we had... Oh, here, here's one thing. So, at the end, Banner is in his Quinjet, and he gets lost at sea, or, you know, they, call, they say he's from Fiji right now, or something like that. There's been a lot of talk about Planet Hulk. Are you familiar with Planet Hulk? Yeah, kind of. I've heard of it. I think I've seen a cartoon of it. Oh, yeah, because there is uh, a Planet Hulk movie, uh, animated film. Yeah. Because, um, you know, he's, he mentioned a couple times, his, his specific line was, where on Earth could I not cause any damage? So by him saying where on Earth could I not cause any damage, I think that he's probably going to try to find a way either to exile himself out because of what he did to that city. You know, he saw what he did after Scarlet Witch took him over and Tony Stark had to 
beat him down with Hulkbuster armor, which, again, that was a cool fight. But I, I'm, I'm wondering to see where that goes because, you know, the next, the next time that we'll be seeing, unless they show up in Ant-Man, I think, uh, Captain America, I believe, is in uh, the Civil War movie, which will have Iron Man too. And when you get to Civil War, you're going to have two sides. You're going to have the side that Iron Man's on and the side that Captain America's on. Whichever side Bruce aligns with is the side that wins. Because Hulk. <laughs> I mean, unless Thor's on the opposite side. Then then he could have two people fighting at each other. But whatever oh, side Vision's on, I mean, <clears throat> there you go. Oh, uh, Vision, yeah. But, Vision's but, on the side of life, so... Yeah, I don't think he's going to have a side. He's going to be against them fighting. So he's probably not even going to fight. But uh, I did want to say a couple more things in this movie. So Claw uh, and the Vibranium, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And Wakanda was mentioned. Yes. So uh, one Black of the Black Panther. Right? Yep. One yeah. of the movies coming out, I think next year, is Black Panther. So, uh, is that coming out before Avengers? Mm-hmm. The next one? Hmm. Pretty sure. So you have um, Black Panther with the Wakanda. He's the prince of Wakanda or the king. I can't remember. And the vibranium, which comes from Wakanda as well, and. Andy Serkis played Claw in this movie, which I thought he did a really good job playing Claw, by the way. But I'll be interested to see how that all ties in, because now that Avengers or that Ultron cut off his Claw's arm in Age of Ultron, now he'll the reason why he's known as Claw is because he makes like a, a claw arm out of vibranium that kind of does stuff similar to. I think what Iron Man's, like, repulsors and stuff do. So, that'll be interesting to see that. But, yeah, so we have the tie-ins to Black Panther. We get the Wakanda name drop. We got the Vibranium stuff. And, evidently, you know, Vision is now made out of Vibranium. So, the strongest metal known to man or whatever. So, Vision's a, a, a pretty beefy guy. I mean, that that one scene towards the end there, where they had Iron Man shooting his repulsors, Thor shooting his lightning, and then Vision shooting his, like, beam. That was really cool. And it was, like, melting the Ultron's face. So, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I have only seen it once as of yet. However, I do want to see it again. So, that is my thoughts this week on Avengers Age of Ultron. Next week... We'll be discussing Netflix's Daredevil. So, uh, if you are interested in listening to that discussion, uh, on Netflix right now there are thirteen episodes of Netflix's Daredevil. They're both about they're all about fifty minutes or so in length. Um, very interesting, uh, very interesting show. Good story, and it it ties into this universe. Yet you don't have. A lot of the big name heroes. You have Daredevil, who the last time I saw Daredevil was played by Ben Affleck, which was terrible. Who is going to be black? Who's going to be playing Batman soon? Which, by the way, when I went and saw uh, Age of Ultron, a I got the uh, the Batman versus Superman trailer, and at the end, the theater was quiet, and I so wanted to at the end of it. When the theater was quiet after the trailer, because, you know, it's a dark trailer. It's stoic. It's very serious. And I just wanted to loudly say, 
Why so serious? I thought it would have been good. But I refrained and did not say that. But I also saw the Star Wars trailer in 3D IMAX, which was really cool too. Uh, so that was really cool in 3D. It looked so good though. I mean, it had like, you know, you could see the, the 3D for the tight or the X-Wings as they flew around and everything. So that would be a good movie to see in 3D. I'll, I'll be seeing that in both 2 and 3D when it comes out later this year. But next week, Daredevil. We'll discuss that and how it ties into the Marvel Universe. And then after Daredevil, we're going to take a little bit of a Marvel break until Ant-Man comes out. So uh, look for uh, our interesting show listing that I'll extol on more next week after our discussion of Daredevil. Question for our listeners this week, and for you, Nick. Of the new Avengers, so at the end of the movie we saw... Scarlet Witch, uh, Vision... Uh, Falcon. Falcon, and... Uh, that's about it right War now. Machine. War Machine, yeah. Well, I don't really count him as a new Avenger. I think he should have been a new Avenger the entire time. <laughs> so, at the end, we, we get them called out as the new Avengers. Of those four, who do you think is your favorite? Of those four? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel like Rhodes and Wilson have very similar personalities. Plus, Rhodes has Wilson's powers, you know, plus more, plus armor. Mm-hmm. Um... Power-wise, uh, Scarlet Witch. More Vision? Power-wise. I like Scarlet Witch's powers. She's, can, she has telepathy and telekinesis, pretty much. Vision can do a whole lot. I know. I know he can. But um, Vision is my favorite character. But power-wise, uh, Scarlet Witch. Um, character-wise, Vision. I like character. Uh, his personality. Especially whenever he picked up Thor's hammer, which everybody enjoyed. Mm-hmm. My my theater that I saw it and actually gasped at that point when he handed them the hammer and they and they realized what he just did. Or whenever, whenever he hits uh, was it Ultron with the hammer? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, good. "That's a, it's incredibly well weighted." Yeah, you gotta have the balance or you know the back end swing. What uh, so if you had the option to choose one individual movie from those four, you can only choose one. Which movie would it be? Like one movie from those four characters. Mm-hmm. Say that, hey Nick, we're gonna make a standalone movie. You have to choose one of these four new characters. Who's it gonna be? Uh, Vision. Vision. Yeah. Cool. Because Wilson's cool, but eh. Uh, War Machine isn't. I mean, he just worked for the government, and we'll just be talking to Iron Man the entire time. And I don't like, I, I mean, Scarlet Witch is cool, but I don't like her, I, I don't know how I feel about her dynamic yet mm-hmm. without Quicksilver, because, I mean, we got, we saw her stand alone for like two minutes. Yeah. So, for me, my favorite of these new Avengers team is War Machine, because I've always liked War Machine. I've always liked Rhodey. Yeah. Um, but if I were to choose, I want a standalone movie on this person, I would have to say Scarlet Witch, because I want to know more about her. I want to know more about her background. I want to know what her powers actually are. Because, you know, like you said, she she was on the, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon or whatever and couldn't even describe what her powers were. So, I mean, obviously she has the mind control thing and she can do with stuff with telekinesis, but other than that, what, what can she do? So, I'll be, I would like to see more about her or Vision. So, one of those two. So, question for listeners. 
who's your favorite of the four new Avengers, and which would you prefer a movie of? You can leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, which, which would be awesome if you want to leave us a review. doesn't matter if it's one star or five stars, whatever you want to give it, feel free. Uh, but we are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We are also on Twitter. You can reach us at Twitter, at EntertainingPod, or you can send us an email at That'sEntertaining at gmail.com. I am on Twitter, at SithNightmare, S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E. Nick, are you on Twitter? Yes. Do you want to give it up? Uh, sure. I believe my Twitter right now, currently, is uh, Nahigafig, and it's at N-A-H-I-G-A-F-I-G. Okay. Do not judge my name choice. I, I, I don't even know the root of that. Don't worry about it. All right. So, you can get a hold of us on the tweets and such. So, that'll do it for us this week. We thank you for listening, and we hope that you have been entertained.